Resuming Nerd World Order Broadcast. Dynaphones connected. Initiating broadcast signal in five, four, three, two, Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, here comes the Booyah! Yo, it's your boy, Joe. We about to ready to get it in. You know what I'm saying? And to my other, other right, coming straight out of Krakoa, weighing in at 178 adamantium-filled pounds, Alfonso X-Man Flores. Has anybody seen Gene Bub? This is the Nerd World Order broadcast, the official broadcast of the Nerd World Order community. Let's get right into it. Episode four of Hawkeye. So good. X-Man, initial thoughts on episode four of Hawkeye. The, the show started off and it was just like the feel. You know, the swordsman is just like, oh man, that guy is so wrong. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hawkeye's alone. And she's like, I'm bringing you pizza. And it's like, I, you can't be alone for Christmas. And I brought ugly Christmas sweaters and we're going to come up with a plan. And it's like the writing there was so good with, with the way they worked together and the way they were planning everything. And even, you know, just in a little bit of comedy, the breaks for this and that, they, oh man, it was so good. And I was like, this is such a well-written episode. I mean, the words are amazing. And then all of a sudden the action, the action just came out of nowhere, and I'm like, whoa. All right. So the action, you know, she's in there looking for, for the Rolex, and all of a sudden she's fighting Echo, and Hawkeye's like, I'm fighting Echo. She's like, you're not fighting Echo. Echo's right here, and you're like, what? And all of a sudden he's on the roof, and, and he's got he's got this, like, ninja that he's fighting. You clearly see she's a woman, so I could understand why you thought it was Echo. And, mm -hmm. and who do you think that was? Who do you think that Who is that, Joe? I'll let you go ahead and say it. Yelena. Yelena. It finally paid off. It finally paid off from the Black Widow. It's like, how are we going to fit her in this show? And you know what? I, I think they did it really well. It wasn't, it wasn't convoluted. It didn't feel like it was too much. It's like they just they just put her in at the right moment. And it was like, oh, all the air left my breath. I wonder how many people haven't seen Black Widow. So when they saw her and they took off the mask, first of all, even when they initially took off her mask and you can only see the back of her head, I didn't know who it was. I was that into the fighting. I was like, well, who is it? Who has blonde hair? Let me think about it. And then when they showed her face, I was like, ah. And I had like all these flashbacks of everything that happened at the end of Black Widow. You know, I played this Marvel Strike Force app game on my cell phone and they just all of a sudden Yelena's there. They're going to be highlighting Yelena. I bet you she shows up in Hawkeye tomorrow. Or, yeah, that was yesterday. And what happened? I was fooled. I didn't even realize it was her until, like, the mask. And I'm like, how? Because I was just so into it. And that is so well done because I'm the type of person who's just like, oh, yeah, that's that. Oh, yeah, that's that. My daughter's like, how do you know this? I go, because these movies are written the same. And I, I go, I still love them. <laughs> but, yeah, she, told, she tells me I should write my own all the time. You should. As I as the episode was over, I thought to myself, X-Man was right. 
because I it was like immediately I thought about that text you sent us last night in your theory. She this is going to be her premiere in the show, and I was like, X Man was right. And then I asked myself, how was I so engrossed in the episode that what that text that you said didn't pop up, but it didn't. That's how engrossing that fight was. Yep, Magneto was right. Then Cyclops was right. Now X-Men is right. Let me ask you a question, X-Men. Yes, sir. Do you think Yelena was actually trying to harm I, any of those three that were on the roof? Oh, yeah. She, she was gunning for Hawkeye. I mean, that's unless her plan was to capture him and hurt him. You know. Let me ask it another way, because I just thought about it. And of course, she was looking to harm. She was kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> Was she looking to kill any of them on that roof? She She's a well-trained assassin, you know, to put through all the motions in the Red Room. And she's seen how all these young girls have been, like, manipulated. And I, I think what happened was when um, the other Hawkeye popped up, she couldn't bring herself to harm her. If you notice, I mean, like, she took her down, she jumped, pushed her back, she got her away, but she wasn't out to kill her. And, and I think that hesitation is what slowed her down from actually, you know, putting the big hurt on Hawkeye because that's what she's trained to do. She's trained to get in, take him out, and get out. So the hesitation was there because of that. And then all of a sudden, Echo pops up, and she's like, what? What is, what is, what, what, how? You know. It's like, you're not supposed to be here. Do you think she identified with Kate because Kate is a younger female? And so much of the Black Widow's childhood or young adulthood was stolen by the Black Widow program. Do you think she looked at uh, Kate and sort of had that that feeling or that flashback to her missed young adulthood? Yeah, I, I don't see why not at all. I mean, the way her mind works, she processes things so fast. So to, to everybody else, it may look like, oh, well, she was just fighting, just fighting, just fighting. She had this whole internal like struggle going on in her head. And, and she realized like, okay, this is too much. I mean, of course, there's too many factors here that she wasn't planned for. But I mean, she's been in situations where there's too many factors that she didn't plan for and she's come up on top. I think just the introduction of introduction of Kate made her hesitate enough to where like, she's like, I got to get back. I got to regroup because I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to go that distance. Looking at that scene, the whole action scene at the end, I thought it was played out so well. Like when Kate went to slide across the zip line, normally it's just this smooth zip all the way across, but her getting stuck in the middle, it's like, <laughs> yes, that perfect break, you know? Right. Just such an awesome episode. And the panic, the panic in her eyes, and she started bunny hopping, like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And then who was it that hit the line? Was it, wasn't it Yelena that hit the line? It was Yelena. So was she saving her life on purpose? Because she's not the type to miss. I didn't even think about that. I bet you're right. I didn't think about that now until you brought it up. It was like yeah. the Holy Trinity's here and we're all bringing our heads together. All right. I got something to say. Remember that song? I got something to say. Da, da, da. But I can't say the next line, you know, because, you know, we're PG-13 maybe. Yeah, something like that. So check this out, dude. I'm hyped, dude. So, like, every morning, I don't know if it, let's just tell everybody that when Wednesday morning comes out, we all send each other a text, have you seen it yet? And usually, I ask someone to Alan, I'm like, yo, have you seen it yet? He's like, no, I haven't seen it yet. So, I'm like, because usually he watches it really early at the gym. And then he says, dude, you need to watch this episode. And so, like, I watched the first 15 minutes at work, and I was like, man, 
And then I watched the sec uh, the last 30 minutes while I was on break. What I liked about it is how dope is this swordsman? Just his whole character, the way he's just kind of like nonchalant, everything is smooth, everything is good. Notice he didn't recognize Hawkeye. Hawkeye didn't recognize him, right? Let's just put that out there. If, in fact, they're going to do the correlation of where they did, they knew know each other, maybe he was Ronin when it happened. I know we had touched a little bit about that on the last podcast. Like, what if it's, what if what if he's Ronin when he got trained? Or they could change it, right? Let's, let's talk about, like, the relationship with, you know, like, with the mom and the daughter as soon as they leave, right? He's telling Hawkeye, like, yo, I, I can't lose her. Talking to a dude that lost everything, right? First, he loses his family, gets his family back, you know, after they fix the snap. He, then he loses Natasha. So if anybody understands where she's coming from, it's him, right? So he's battling that because you could tell he's trying to get close to Kate. And he's he's teetering and he wants, you, you know, he sees he sees Natasha, the relationship they have with Natasha. He sees that going back and forth with Kate. And so he's battling in that because, you know, he kind of misses that. But at the same time, he doesn't want to have that fear of something happening to her. And then he's got to live through it again, right? Uh, when you talk about the relationship between Kate and Clint and how that parallels the relationship between Natasha and Clint, in that scene on the building where Kate was falling and Clint went to grab for her, uh, it seemed like there may have, they may have been going for a parallel between Kate and Natasha in the scene in Endgame. What do you think about that? Right. I totally agree with that. Like, like I said before, like prior to him leaving, you know, to go to the elevator when he's talking to the mom, he was kind of teeter-tottering because he was like, you know, like I see what I hear what you're saying, but she's actually pretty good and she can do this. And then, like you said, with that scene where she's falling, it made him think like, man, I don't, I don't want to go through this again because that scene had a flashback. Cause if you remember when he was sleeping, he was having flashbacks before he went to bed, like everything and, and it ended with Natasha before he woke up. Right. Or before the next day happened. And right. so, you know, he's thinking that totally when she was, when she was hanging there, you know, like that's why he cut it and said, Hey, get away from here. Right. So yeah, I do agree with that. But here's a, here's a little thing and piggyback on what uh, you had asked Alfonso, if whether or not the sister was cut the wire or move the wire so she can come down. Right. Yeah. If you think also when she was battling her, Yelena hit her and she flew off and she threw something to catch her. Right. And then, so, so technically you could say that's two times she saved her. I would like Black Widows, before they go, everybody knows a Black Widow will stalk their prey. She didn't just show up there that night and just, you know, she had to have been watching them the whole time, right? And so, like, with her getting uh, detail of how their movements and what they're doing, you know she's watching it. So that, I would like to think that's probably the hesitation that she has when she's fighting, when she's fighting Hawkeye and her because she's probably battling, like, this can't be the same dude that killed my sister, Right. Because he's with this woman right now, Kate, showing her how to how to be Hawkeye herself. Why would he be tra training someone to take his replacement if, in fact, he killed his sister? So you know she's been scoping him out for a while, watching their tendencies and seeing what they're up to. And you know she was trying, probably filling out Clint, filling out like uh, Kate. But I don't think I think she she knows what she's doing. And I think the, if you think about it, they only have two more episodes, so they can't linger on this fact of. Um, Yelena and Hawkeye going at each other. They can't. And you can tell with the way they fought. But like you said, Alfie and, and Alan, when they brought her in, it was so perfect the way they did it. Because we had talked in the previous podcast, how are they going to do that? Too much people going on, you know, too much, too many people coming in, too many villains, too many plots. And they're just filling it very perfect with the way they did it. They brought her in. I'm going to tell you, I think there were three times that she 
said Kate. There was a time when she is on the zip line. There's a right. time when she was falling off of the building. And right. there was a time when she could have clearly taken a shot at Kate, but she hesitated. And mm-hmm. then Hawkeye stepped in between them. Right. As a black widow, you don't right. hesitate. Exactly. And then when, if she's really trying to kill Clint, she would have just pulled the trigger because Clint stepped in front. Which says either we're all right or it's bad writing. <laughs> we'll find yeah. out. But I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with either. Like, you know what I mean? If it turns out like if we are right, I'm okay with that. Because rarely ever do we think something dope and it happened. That's why we got to make our own movie. <laughs> but yeah, well, everything you said makes so much sense, Joe. That that was that was really well put. Um, one thing I do want to I want to get back to though that you know you touched on for a second, but that conversation with uh, with Kate's mom that was so awkward. I loved it so much. It was just like, oh dang, you know she's oh she brought up Natasha. Oh she's scolding mm-hmm. him. Oh dang, yeah. she went there. I was like. It just felt ruthless. Like the oh, conversation yes. was just ruthless. Right. Yeah, and I, yeah, I agree he, that swordsman, the way he's so suave and debonair and just kind of like lackluster and <laughs> he's so guilty, you know? It's like, oh man, he's he's so cocky and arrogant. You yes. love to hate him. Let me ask you guys a question regarding the swordsman and his uh his incorrect phrasing of of common um cliches i don't know colloquially as colloquialisms whatever you want to call it is that an act so that he throws people off as to exactly how skilled he is yeah i i believe that he's trying to put off this you know he's smart but he's simple you know he's he's like oh well you know it's like He's a little ignorant, so you know, ha ha ha. He's funny and charming, and and so like you think he's the last person you are, but he he it's a game to him. He rubs it in your face that he is evil and he is bad and he has bad intentions. He's a bad man, but oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know the way like when he disarmed her, he's like, okay, so I lied about my skill a little bit. You know? <laughs> Joe, I'm going to throw a question at you. Whose Rolex is that? Um, what if it's um, his wife's Rolex? Who they there? There's a lot of people online saying that that's that his wife is actually the Mockingbird, and that's her. That's her Rolex, right? And that's because if you you've noticed in that episode, she was speaking. It was Russian, right, Alan? Wasn't it Russian? Yes. yes. And. Um, and she just knows too much and she seems too calm. Now, granted, I'm not married, right? You two gentlemen are married. There's no way in hell your wives are going to be that calm talking about stuff like that. That's very serious that you could end up dying, right? And she's just so calm about it. Okay, so I guess it's going to take you three days. And she's just so calm about it. So what if that's that's hers? And what, if, and you know, like we're thinking, ah, oh, that's not her name, right? Her name's not Lauren. It's, 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 um, Bobby, right? So basically, like, what if that's her Rolex and her identity to keep it under wraps? She had to change her name, and that's why it's throwing us off, right? But I think it'd be for me. I know me and Alfie was talking about that last time on the podcast. We really want Mockingbird to be with Hawkeye, right? Even though Alan pointed out before in the discussion that they got a divorce, but you know, Marvel always changes things, anyways. <laughs> Retcon, yeah. <laughs> 
I still hold out hopes that uh, the Mockingbird from Agent <laughs> of Shield. I'm hoping she shows up. She's just an amazing actress. Uh, she's done some great work. She was actually Wonder Woman. That didn't pan out for her either. Uh, so I'm hoping she can make it into the MCU. I mean, they got uh, a lot of technology where they could change faces. You know, she's in the witness protection program now. You know, she's Laura. You know. Yeah. Did they ever actually say that the person who was like, did they call her Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I can't remember. I don't think they ever did. It was always Bobby. Yeah. yeah. I think it was implied. Yeah, totally implied. Like she had mm -hmm. the stick and mm -hmm. yeah, but I don't think it was actually ever fully stated. So perhaps they can just say, you thought that was Mockingbird, but this is Mockingbird. So that would be really cool if that were the case. This show started off very slow, but it is really just coming through, just coming through 100%. I, every episode just keeps getting better and better. What I like about it is in this, you really get to know Hawkeye, and we have touched on this before. They're really playing on you need to market yourself better. You need to brand yourself better. Here's some costumes, right? And just the small details. So he makes trick, you know, he makes the trick shots, right? The little mm -hmm. trick for, for his arrows, but he still has to go back and get the stuff that he shot. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> wait, what? And you're, you don't see that, right? And they're, and they're totally making it work. He's getting ice packs, right? And he's putting it all over his body, right? And his wife, he's like, yo, make sure you put your feet up. You know, it's just stuff like that. You're like, he's... They're really good at making, hey, he's human. He's human, yeah. right? And even though Falcon, which we all agree was a good show, you never see him do that. He's doing jumps. He's doing flips. He's throwing the shield, right? But he's still human, right? Yes. Sometimes, because he's so dope at flying and doing all those acrobats, you're like, there's no way this dude's human, right? You forget right. that he's human. Where you watch Hawkeye, you're like, this dude's like me. We go to work, we ain't doing something like he's doing, but we come home, we're sore. Yeah. And this dude is just hurting. And that's what I like about it. It's like, you feel for the guy. Like, this dude's going through some pain, dude. And the chemistry between him and Kate, my goodness, dude, it, it is so dope. You really feel the pain in both of them. Because he's like, I can't go through this again. I can't have you on my conscience. If you die, you got to go. And she's like, yo, I sign up for this. I know what it entails. I'm ready. You need to accept me. And she's, you know, every time you talk, oh, you know, this is Hawkeye. We're best friends and mm -hmm. we're on a mission together. She keeps saying that because in her mind, that is her best friend. Yeah. Right. And that's a father figure. Right. Because she right. hasn't had that. And Hawkeye is he's a natural father. So he's going to be a natural father to someone like Kate. Right. And so you just he's, he's perplexed because he's like. Dude, this girl is good, right? She's yeah. not just talking. She is really good. And he, you know, he's just afraid to, to open himself up again. And I love that because he's battling it. You, you just want him to go, you know what, dude? Give me a hug. You know, and you're just <laughs> waiting for that to happen. And you're just waiting for the big payoff. Joe, you said a couple of things that I definitely have to touch on. First thing, as I was watching Hawkeye, I got the Clint Barton is responding to Kate in a dad sort of way. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Like there was, there was a scene where she goes, well, I think they're our arrows. 
And as a dad, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to let her think that because I don't really feel like arguing with her right now. Right. At the end of the day, we get the arrows back and it doesn't matter. I just got that look. Like he looked at her like a dad would look at their kid who's just talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, boom. So that's such a good point, bro, because Jeremy Renner is nailing the dad vibe. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Shout totally. out to Limp Biscuit. Dad vibe. Yes, sir. <laughs> you brought up a really good point. And I think when you talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier, they focused on the human struggle of uh, Sam Wilson, you know, couldn't get a loan. Uh, people were, you know, calling the cops on him because of his race, everything like that, right? So they talked about his human struggle. And they're continuing this progression of making their characters look more human and be more human in these shows. And that's perfectly what they're doing in Hawkeye. I was thinking about it. Like, I mean, of course, I love the action. I love the writing and everything. But there's something so familiar about this show, you know. And, and I'm like, I was trying to deconstruct this. And while you guys were talking, for some reason, it just came to me. I'm going to take you guys on a little trip here. Back in the 80s, you had Schwarzenegger. You had, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You had uh, Rocky, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. You know, all these action stars, big, buff, you know, pretty boys. And that's your action star. And what happened? Oh, here comes Bruce Willis, you know. He's in pretty decent shape. He's balding, you know. He's just, he's like a regular guy. And then Die Hard came out. It was like the best action slash Christmas movie ever. You know, and and it's like, wow, you know, a normal guy can can be the hero like this, you know. That's, you know, Jeremy Renner, he's not pretty like Tony Stark or, or um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Hemsworth or, Chris Elliott and Chris Pratt, all the Chris's, no, wait, not Chris Elliott, that's somebody else. But, you know, he's not, you know, he's, I'm sure he's a handsome guy, but he's not like, like handsome like those guys, you know, he's in good shape, but he's more of your normal guy. And I think somewhere along the line, somebody's like, you know what, we got to get him in this normal guy aspect, you know, yeah, he's, he's a spy, you know, he's the wet works guy. He doesn't ever get thanked for what he does because he does everything behind the scene. And, mm-hmm. and we got to make him a little more human and a little more, we got to market him, you know, and that's what this show is doing. You know, even, even, you know, Kate Bishop says it and it's like, wow, it's like, you know, you're, you're bringing that out. It just it's so reminiscent of like Bruce Willis in his action movies, you know? That's an awesome point. As I was doing a little research today, I thought to myself, like, how did Bruce Willis ever become an action star? <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. He's the every man. Mm-hmm. when you see him on the screen you're like that could be me yeah and that's how you feel about hawkeye mm-hmm. like we're all dads and we've had those moments where we look at our kids like it's not even worth arguing with you right <laughs> yep but yeah. what do you know about hawkeye right even though you watch those movies yeah you know he has a kid yeah you know that's his best friends with natasha but what do you really know about the guy right and and Stephen and gabe were saying that remember they they were like well, they didn't really tell us anything about Hawkeye. And then episode three came back, was like, bam, how you like me now? Right? Yep. And it's just like, and dude, they're doing everything so well, dude. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it, it, it started doing it in the third and the fourth episode, right? Because the first two episodes, like you guys said in the previous podcast, that, you know, like it didn't get the views. But it's, it's you got to give, dude, this probably out of all the Marvel shows, this is the show that I'm looking forward to like every week. 
after mm-hmm. episode three. I'm like, I can't wait for the next episode because everything, the people, dude, the LARPers, come on, bro. They got the LARPers in there now, dude. You know what I mean? They brought the LARPers, bro. He comes walking in and then you look and you're like, what are you guys doing? I told you to get the arrows. And they're just like, yeah, this looks good. Try this on. Hey, maybe you can make our uniforms. Matter of fact, maybe you can make two. And then the other girl comes in with the, the you know, the, the trick shot arrows. And she's like, you know, give it to him. And, and Hawkeye, so he's like, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. My wife, he gave me this bag. And she, the look of death, like, yo, I need this back. Because if I don't give this back, this has my name on it. Right? And so it's just like, just the whole chemistry, like the LARPers, you know, like, now, now you have room to grow as a show for next season, right? You could always bring those back in. So the characters that they're bringing in in every episode is is just it's just getting better. Like it's adding more dynamic to the show, and I'm loving it, dude. Like McDonald's, bro. They need to call that show McDonald's because I'm loving it. <laughs> you know, here's another good point in in the growth and characterization of of Hawkeye. You remember in Thor where he was up on his perch watching everything, seeing every angle, doing nothing, just watching, you know, very little words, you know, until they brought him down. And that that's who he was. He was he was just that lurker in the distance who knows what's going on, knows every angle. And then all of a sudden now they're bringing him to life. You know, that that's might be in a really good growth of this characterization. It's almost like a progression of being in the shadows being introduced a little bit but still as an archer he's always far away from uh, from everyone else because that's kind of his thing taking mm-hmm. the shots from far away at the end of the end game you definitely see his emotion and in this show he becomes a fully fleshed out character that is interacting closely with people that's uh some good insight x not to mention like the more you know about hawkeye and what he does you're like Dude, he he's he is an Avenger, right? Because you know, like there's people watching it. Unless you read the comics, you're like, what's this dude, man? He doesn't really do anything, right? And then you you see his development in this TV. This is basically a Hawkeye movie. Yeah. And there that's his movie. They should have did that with Black Widow. They should have no. did it with the Eternals. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> the Black Widow movie was pointless. I mean, let's Ooh. let's be honest. It was pointless. Only thing you're gonna get out of the Black Widow movie is they introduce Yelena. Right. It was basically like the Yelena movie, if we go back and think about it. I don't need six hours of Yelena introduction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Alan, you're right. They could have introduced Yelena at the end of, you know, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the Madam Hydra at the end. They could have did something. They could have did two post-credit scenes, right? They didn't have to do a whole Black Widow movie just to, you know, like introduce her to the Marvel. Just like you said. Yeah, I agree. Any final thoughts on Hawkeye, gentlemen? Man, uh, again, this is just, it's blowing me away. Um, you know, it rolled out. People were like, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, no, it's good. I'm enjoying it. It's really good. You guys watch it again. You know, look at it from this perspective. And it just started growing. And I'm like, oh, man, it's far exceeding my expectations. And, and you know, I'm thoroughly entertained. You know, the characterization is amazing. The the action is is great, you know, and and the you know you got the the mustache trilling bad guy in the background. It's like come on, that's it's like a trope that you know really, but you're loving it. You're you're eating it up, and you're just I just can't wait for that you know that 
is it the shoe that drops or the glove? <laughs> Something to turn, whatever that, that phrase it's is. It's the shoe. Like the shoe that, that turns. No, mm-hmm. the other wheel to turn. Yeah. You see, that's exactly what he does, though, right? <laughs> Who do you think the mom was talking to? Think it was Kingpin? Oh, yeah, totally. No, it wasn't Kingpin. It no, was Wilson so. Fisk. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if the swordsman, you know, like I know they said the swordsman was kind of like the leader and sponsoring, you know, the money for the, the tracksuit bros. But what if or what if the, the mom is actually the one that's in charge? You know, you want to think about that because if he is the money behind the tracksuit mafia, and then you had you had Echo's dad working for the tracksuit mafia, but they were trying to say that he was the one in charge. And then you've got you've got Kate Bishop's dad, who's mysteriously gone and probably had some ties with something or other. Man, it's like so. Did the swordsman have Kate Bishop's dad? eliminated no he could you could have because he died in that thing but it's like you know it's like oh hey she's hot i'm moving in you know i, I don't know it's like they they have history i think all three of them have history and maybe not all of them know it what if the swordsman was ronin and actually the one that killed echo's dad oh yeah i caught it here first <laughs> he would have had to have the costume maybe you can, you know, you can have a duplicate there, but there's no reason why hawkeye didn't kill kill her dad because he was a bad man doing bad things and he's like my family's dead and all these bad people get to live and I'm going to fix that problem because it's not fair so it makes sense that he killed he you know and and then he's going to have to come to terms with that and Echo's going to have to understand you know because she, deep down she's not a bad person and she thought her dad was a saint because that's how they painted it at the beginning and then when all of a sudden well wait he was in charge of the tracksuit mafia Bro, that's not cool, bro. Bro, bro, Echo ain't Iron Man. He ain't gonna forgive someone killing the parents, man. She's not. She has the list of his family, how old they are, their names. She's not gonna let it go. So they gotta figure out a way for her to let it go. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights, Joe has told us all that Clint Barton did not kill Echo's father. Second time he said it, mark it down on your calendars. Joe called it. Joe (laughs) called it first. Just remember that. He called it last week. Joe called it. I want to speak for a moment on the Wilson Fisk thing. I think ultimately Kate's mom is the actual person in charge of the tracksuit mafia. She's using the swordsman as a front and she is the connection between Wilson Fisk and the tracksuit mafia. So I think that's, what's really going on there. And I think we'll have that reveal, you know, pretty shortly. Of course. I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. He, he could be like, he could be, you know, just the face of it. And he could also be the muscle that keeps everybody in line and she's the brains because remember remember he's like he, she, kate was like my mom doesn't dance and he's like oh, ho, 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 but she does <laughs> she does tonight as i was watching it i thought to myself it looks like kate's trying to hold back a smile like or was she just uncomfortable i felt like she enjoyed seeing her mom happy 
that's what I got from that, which was interesting because it's showing that the swordsman is starting to break down that barrier between her not liking him and him actually becoming like a part of the family. What'd you think of that little montage? Yeah, I, I think I think she was I think the barrier was being broken. I think he was succeeding in his little plan to get her to, you know, be on his side and everything. And when she heard the news from Clint that, you know what, you got good instincts. You're right. He is a bad dude. She was like, bro, bro, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) Even the scene where Clint was in the back of the car, even that just showed how skilled Clint was. You know, he knew where everything was. There was one scene where I thought he was in the center of the seat. And then they refocused the camera and he was moved over more to the passenger side. And I was wondering, like, did I just see that wrong or did he move that fast? So little things like that show nuances of exactly how skilled Clint Barton actually is. Yeah, he was, he was totally doing the Batman thing. Okay, gentlemen, so we have talked a lot about this episode of... So, gentlemen, any final words uh, for the Nerd World Order? Yeah, man, I got something to say. Go out and watch Hawkeye. It's a really good show. The ratings weren't that good in the beginning, but it's starting to pick up steam, and it's really good, and you need to go spread the word so this show can stay around. Go tell one friend. Go tell three friends. Matter of fact, tell five friends so they can go tell their friends so everybody knows how good this show. And while you're at it, why don't you just, you know, give us a little shout out. Let your friends know how good this show is and how informative we are for nerd fandom. And let everybody you know that's in the nerd fandom, if they want to listen, talk about it, debate it, have them come our way. Tell all your little homies. Let them know, yo, this show is where you get everything that you need to know about nerd fandom. And we all into it. We love it. Ain't nothing more better than listening to fellow nerds that feel the same way and have the same passion you do about shows that we love talking about. So go tell everybody. You know what I'm saying? This concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. So until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nerds redefine.